Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Infuse Your Future podcast, where we bring together people and ideas who are making the world a better place. I'm your host, Dr. C. And today I have a gentleman with me who's a 27-year veteran of the Air Force, nine years corporate, and now he's giving back to his community in the areas of leadership and career transition coaching. So I'm happy to introduce Don Gleason. Welcome to the podcast, Don. How are you? Thank you very much, Doctor C. I'm uh, I'm doing great. It's been a it's been an interesting week. It's so getting so close. I don't know when this will come out, but you know we're getting real close to Christmas and so many things to be done yet and get ready for travels. But uh, it's just what life's all about, right? Is just organizing and prioritizing and getting things done. So I'm excited. Yeah, so true. So yeah. true. So why don't you tell us all a little bit about you, what you do, and how you infuse the world. Yeah, you know, the uh, the thing that really drives him sitting here in this t-shirt from Grunt Style in San Antonio and got a flag on it, and it really kind of resonates. You said my community, right? <clears throat> 27 years military, nine years corporate. I still supported the military. Um, I have been coaching military on career transition, I think, ever since I left. And even before that, I wasn't teaching them to transition, but I was coaching them in the military. So coaching is something that I've just really become passionate about. It's, you know, asking questions, getting people to think into what's going on. Just got off the phone on a coaching call with a gentleman. We've been working together for just about a year. And he has grown. He's a he's a ministry leader. and He's grown his giving this year 32%. That's what he told me. <clears throat> Better than any other year in the last, uh, you know, since, since he's been doing it. And it's because of dedicated action. And that's really what makes coaching so much fun. I have another guy I'm working with who's tripled his income this year. And uh, so when you start doing things like that, supporting your community, it's all about taking action. But what I'm doing right now, I'm known as the career potential activator because I've helped 163 other people find the job that energizes them and the life that fulfills them. Because I think too many people military and civilians are in a job that they really didn't think about. They just took it for money, could be status, could be because it was security, right? The company, I think of Oak Ridge, Tennessee and the Department of Energy facilities there. And uh, people, they love those jobs because once you get in, it's tough to get moved out, right? So they, but I saw a lot of people who were in the afternoon really struggling with keeping the motivation um, coming up with ideas, being creative, the drive. And I want to help people find that job that they really love. I mean, you'll always have some days that are tough, but I think back to when I got in the military, I, you know, ever since the fifth grade, I wanted to be an environmental. And I got into the military to do environmental. They let me do that. And I got to do some really neat things. And uh, when I got to allow the creativity, it just excited me. When I had to do some things like facility maintenance, you know, maintain people's toilets. And you know, I, I was I was the officer in charge. I wasn't doing the work, but I was, you know, tracking all these different things and lights that are out and, you know, trying to satisfy clients. And it's like, ah, this, this is not me. You know, it's not what I wanted to do when I got out of the service. So uh, I'm, I'm really big on helping people find that job that energizes them. Yeah, I love it. I think a lot of us are in careers that we would really rather not be in. Um, I've heard some people talk about the 80-20 rule where, mm -hmm. you know, you want to be in a position where you're loving your job 80% of the time, but you got to understand that at least 20% of the time 
it's not going to be enjoyable no matter what you do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the military, we were given so many additional duties and, and nobody really ever asked us if this was in our bailiwick, you know, is it, do you have a passion for this? Do you have an interest for this? It was, Hey, Don, I need somebody to take this on. You're, 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 you're pretty motivated. And, and they usually decided that because you usually meet suspenses. You'll do what it takes to get it done. So I can trust you to get this done, which just means that instead of working till six or seven, I'm now working till eight, you know, I'm coming in at five and working on the weekends. And at some point those weren't exciting and uh, you struggled through some of those, but your, your reputation, you just tried to keep it going. But I can't say that all of those were exciting. So I what I mean, what meant for that was sometimes it was more than 20%. It might have been 50% at some point because of all the additional duties that yeah. you really struggled through. And I think that's why a lot of people leave the service. And it's like, that's not why I came in. You know, I want to do this. And corporate's better, but you still have some of those additional duties. But that's probably more than 80-20. Yeah. I think that's true for so many people these days. Teachers, doctors, lawyers. Yeah corporation corporate workers you know they they go in with a mindset that they're going to be doing this type of job or helping these type of people and they get in there and whether it was like that when they first thought of it and by the time they get in it's changed whatever the reason they get in and it's completely different so if somebody comes to you and they they say hey don i'm not motivated in my job I'm not inspired. I need to get out. I have kids. I have responsibilities. How can you help me? Yeah. So I'm actually developing a digital course because I spend a lot of time teaching the same thing. And uh, so I said, you know what I could do is a digital course and, and people could get that and be able to go through it multiple times instead of just a call with me. So everybody wants to know more about their resume and their LinkedIn right? And, and those things that are about selling your value. And frankly, most people don't do a very good job of it. We don't know how to tell a story. But I think part of the reason we don't know how to tell a story is because we don't know what we want to do. And if you don't know what you want to do, it's tough to tell a story about how well you can do it. And I find lately, I've really been exploring the idea of mindset which is the idea of what things have I done in my previous jobs that I've gotten used to, my habits, um, my beliefs that are gonna prevent me from moving forward. Perfect idea is military, <clears throat> right? We, we even though we're, we're told to ask for help, there's kind of a culture of not asking for help. So when you're getting out of the service and they tell you to go network, well, we wait and we wait and we wait and then right near the very end, it's, hey, I need a job next month. Can you help me? And it feels really uncomfortable. And it should feel uncomfortable because you haven't developed a relationship there. So I work people through a four-phase program. What First, what is that mindset thing, things that might be holding you back? Two is, what do you really want to do next? You know, what are your interests? What are your skills? What are your experiences? What are your passions? And try to get people to focus in on that. Third is networking, how to long-term build relationships. Zig Ziglar says, you know, when you help enough other people get what they want, they'll help you get what you want. And I think that is so good. And then finally, we come back to selling your value, telling the right stories that show you're the best candidate 
or what you want to do, <clears throat> but it's a story. Too many resumes and stuff these days are, I was responsible for, and it's just a, it's a, it's a job description. They want to hear hiring authorities, recruiters, they want to know how you're going to benefit their organization and their clients. So you got to tell that story. You know, what was the situation? What was the task? What was the action? What was the result? We call it star method, but you build a story that really articulates that. And uh, when, you, when I've seen people do that, they get fantastic jobs, but it takes time. And, uh, and sometimes by the time I see them, they've already kind of written their resume, think it's good, done, but they're frustrated because they're not getting any rest. They're not getting any calls back. So they just start just sending them out, sending them out, sending them out. And uh, it's basically wasted effort. So uh, trying to get them to think back to a process. Everything we do in life is a process, right? You want to you wanna get healthy. You got to careful what you want to eat every day. You got to exercise every day, right? It's, success is found in your habits. So if I'm not taking the position description for what I'm looking to apply for and modifying my resume to meet it, and it fits within my job jar that I want to do, you know, if I don't do that, I'm not probably going to get it because they can tell. They can tell when you're just putting something together and it doesn't match. I always say, don't pick up the newspaper and say, can I do that job? Because you can do a lot of jobs. Question is, do I want to do that job? That's a whole nother question. And there's a whole, when I did that, there's a whole lot of jobs that said no. Facility maintenance, nope. Design, nope. Construction, nope. <clears throat> None of those. And I came back to environmental and emergency management. And that's what I loved in the military. And people, when I was getting out, they said, Don, Don, don't do that. You can make so much more money. And I said, money's not my driver. <laughs> <laughs> if that money was my driver, I wouldn't have picked sanitary engineering. So uh, <clears throat> I uh, I focus in on satisfaction. And and I've, my, my parents taught me how to maintain a budget. So we're doing pretty darn good. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people go into jobs for reasons outside of their passion. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people also don't know what their passion is. So what do you say to the people that are like, Don, yeah, I know I need to change my career. I know I need to be passionate about it, but I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't know when I go and I read the paper about the jobs that are there. I don't know what I want to do. I know what I don't want to do. But I have yet to read the job description for what I do want to do. Yeah. And some people don't even know what they don't want to do. Ah, that's so, even more complicated. Yeah. So it, it's a conversation. And that's where it's tough. And that's where I'm trying to work through the digital course I'm putting out is, is walking them through the series of questions and then getting them to think into it. It's just like I'm going to give a keynote here on a graduation in an hour. And the question is, what next? Right, you've you've been your leader in an organization, some military, some civilian. You've taken a leader development program. So what's next? Are you just going to go back to work? Are you going to continue to grow yourself? You know, John Maxwell says, personal growth is the only guarantee that tomorrow will be better than today. I and, like that. And others, I think it's Maya Angelou, maybe says, 
what got you here isn't going to get you there. So we got to continue to grow. <clears throat> so it's the same idea when we're in that um, figuring out their their interest area is really exploring inside of themselves. I remember back to, I was in an executive transition assistance program in 2008, and this was the second time I took it. I took it in December of 06, took it again a year and a half later as I was getting ready to retire from the military after 27 years. And I really sat down. Do I want to work inside or outside? Do I want to supervise people or not? Do I want to work in an office, work at home? Maybe hybrid. In 2009, the word hybrid wasn't used very often. It is today. <clears throat> um, you know, do I want to be that individual contributor? I want to do business development. I went through all of these questions, and I kept coming up with different questions. And I was really kind of defining what I wanted to do. You know, Do I want to work in architect, engineer, construction, facility maintenance, or environmental, emergency management? And I, I, I struggled with those two. Which one over the other? I couldn't decide. And Booz Allen, Booz Allen Hamilton, allowed me to do both. And I was like, perfect. And I got to be a consultant, which I love doing. I love relating with people. So I had to look at my personality. You know, what kind of person am I? Am I a very reserved person or an outgoing person? Am I very people-oriented? Am I task-oriented, which is the DISC? That's the four phases of DISC. And uh, when I started to understand myself, it started to relate better to what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be a design guy sitting on the boards by myself most of the day. I got to have interaction. And that's why I can't do re of remote. I got to do at least hybrid. I got to have interaction. Yeah. So so I, you have to kind of walk around all of those things. And, uh, <clears throat> and then you find what was the best experience. Had a uh, Army Sergeant Major. And I said, so what got you in the military? He goes, oh. It's easy. It was Alabama. There was nothing in my neighborhood except drugs, alcohol, crime, and jail, and early death. Lovely choices there. Yeah. He <laughs> says, uh, I've watched too many of my friends and my friend's brothers die, and I figured I got to get out of here. <clears throat> so long, we'd had a long conversation. I said, so tell me what was the most exciting thing you did in the military? He says, that's easy. I was in D.C., and the U.S. Olympic dream team, the basketball team, came back and they were coming to D.C. to talk to the inner city kids. And he helped organize that event and invite the kids from the schools. <clears throat> and he, uh, he said he watched the kids as each of the players were talking. And he talked to some kids and their eyes kind of just went like this, you know, open, wide open. And he said, so what is it that is, why is your eyes so so wide what are you realizing and the kid said some of them came from the same situation i'm in now of poverty and single parent and they did it i can do it and it gave him hope so now he works it's not his primary job but it's his volunteer piece of how do i work with kids to keep them out of the situation he came from in alabama but to give them hope like he did up in dc and uh it's oh, that gives me chills. Yeah. But every chills. one of us has a story inside of us that drives us, but we push it down. <clears throat> My job as a coach is to pull that story back out of us and see if that's what you want to live into. Yeah. And, and stories are everything. I mean, we all respond to stories. Mm -hmm. We're all motivated by stories, impassioned by stories. 
I know in the coaching world, and it sounds like that's what you do as well, is we talk about the fact that you are your own product, whether you work for someone else or whether you have your own business, you have to sell yourself. And to sell yourself, you have to know who you are, what you stand for, and be able to tell a story about it. That you do. I remember when I started my business in 2000, I joined the John Maxwell team in 2015, got certified, but then I really started my business in 2017 and I was leaving corporate, leaving Booz Allen. And I was at a networking event and I had worked out an elevator pitch and I gave my elevator pitch and the guy turned around and walked away. (laughs) Well, I guess that didn't resonate too well. (laughs) I guess the elevator pitch was not your story. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I said, I got to go back to the drawing board. And I reached back inside of myself and I kept trying it and trying it. And I didn't get depressed. I just got to try it. So you got to find out what resonates and and your, and your story won't resonate with everybody. So you got to give it to enough people to find out, you know, was that the guy that just, that doesn't work with, or was, was I so bad? Right. <clears throat> so. Yeah. And that brings up two big points. You know, one was the networking, which mm-hmm. is that you're, you're never going to get out there unless you meet people. And I just forgot what my other yeah. point was. But <laughs> yeah. Hey, you got, you got to, you got to take the risk. Right. Oh, the other point was you you have to be able to fail and, mm-hmm. and get back up. You can't send out one resume and not get the job and then be like, oh, I guess I'm I'm not valuable. You might have to send out a hundred, two hundred, a thousand. That's right. But you know, honestly, after you get through five, you might want to hire Don so that yeah. <laughs> the sixth one works out. Yeah. Here's one of the biggest things that I work with people on because once they so they say say they network, <clears throat> they get referred into a company. They provide the resume and they have a conversation with somebody to, to verify they got it. And then they hang up. And then about five days later, they're wondering, when do I reach back out to them? Or maybe I got the interview and I did my interview and I walk away and I was like, five days later, when do I reach out with them? So I always tell them, you never leave that room until you ask the question, when can I expect a response back? And if they say, about about seven days from now, we should be through the candidates, so that'd be a good time. Perfect. Today's Tuesday the 14th. How about if on the 21st, I call you about the same time, about 10 o'clock, would that work for you? Yes. Perfect. I will put that on my calendar and call you in one week at 10 a.m. Now you set the expectation in their mind that they expect an ant. You're going to be calling them and looking just looking for an update, you know? And, and you take all that worry off yourself of, do I call them? Is this too early? I think I'll wait another week. And then all of a sudden they, you find out that they forgot about you and they hired somebody else. And it's like, oh, I wish I would have called. And so there's a lot of little techniques you can use in the job hunt process to, to take some of that anxiety out of it. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe the name of your company is called Achieve New Heights. It is. Mm-hmm. So how did you come up with that name? Something stirred inside of me to help people achieve new heights in their life. I, I was really focused at the time on leadership training and coaching. And I see so many leaders that need assistance to grow, right? To go back to that personal growth question again. You know, it's the only guarantee that tomorrow will be better than today. So 
great if you've been in six years or 26 years in the military and you learned a lot about leadership, but having picked up John Maxwell's book, 21 Invaluable Laws of Leadership, OMG, he took my knowledge of leadership to another level. And it's just because of the simple quotes he uses with each of the chapter, right? Um, you know, leader, anyone can chart a course, but the leader can navigate the path, something like that. I'm, I'm probably saying it wrong, but but it's that kind of thing, right? And he, uh, you know, people don't care what you know until they know what you care, that you care. And, and so many leaders that I've been with, they treat everybody the same. They never develop a relationship. They never get to know you. And then they come and ask you for to spend your nights and weekends working on a project. It's like, you haven't cared about me. Why am I investing in this organization and giving up my life? You know, so, but when you invest in your people, they're willing to help you. I had a, had a situation in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. We were working for the Department of Energy. We were a second tier contractor. So it's a joint venture and we're the sub to the joint venture, <clears throat> but we're leading the cost efficiency effort. And we, we, the whole organization submitted a uh, a report proposal and uh, the government didn't like it. And they gave us the opportunity to do it over. They gave us two weeks and we sat down and we met and I was one of the leaders and we said, we're going to need part of this gentleman's time. And he was really engaged on a lot of stuff and his wife just had twins and he had a little boy at home that was two years old. And so I went down and sat with him. I said, Jake, here's the situation. I know you're fully engaged there. You're fully engaged at home. We're going to need some of your time. How can we redistribute some duties? And being that he's a naval reservist, he said, don't worry about that. I can do anything. And I appreciated that. But he and I had gotten to know each other. And I said, Jake, this isn't about working you harder and longer and sacrificing somewhere. This is about creating a win-win solution. So there's other people who can pick up some of your load so that you can be the father you need to be and the husband you need to be and what we need you. And he went home and he told his wife, he's kind of mad. He's kind of mad at Don Gleason. Who does he think he is? He doesn't trust me. He doesn't know I can do it. And his wife said, he just wants you to be successful in your life, not just your work. And he thought about it and he came back the next day and he apologized. Mm. He says, I appreciate you uh, caring about me. I just, I got some ideas. Let's, let's work this. So we came up with a strategy. When I left the team about five months later, he replaced me. He got promoted twice within about two years, you know, to a senior associate, which was up on the leadership team and uh, just was advancing sharp, sharp guy. But if we hadn't had the you know, caring conversation, we wouldn't have, we probably wouldn't have got what we wanted. And who knows, he might've left our team because we pushed him too far. Wow. And because he had two twins and a toddler. Yeah. I mean, that's what I, twins. That's what I mean, right? When all of a sudden, when your wife is going through postpartum depression and you start ignoring her and throwing all the work on her, that doesn't go very well. Not a recipe for success. <laughs> I had three Not kids. Not new heights. <laughs> that's right. I knew how that was. So yeah, it's, uh, it's being cognizant of what's going on around you. So helping people, that was my idea. You asked the question about how to come up with it. It was about helping people achieve new heights in their life and in their career. I had actually had a vision of in the, in my business card, two people walking up a mountain. <clears throat> we, we couldn't make that happen. It, it wouldn't be too animated, but the idea 
is still in my head. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and with all the advances in technology, you'll probably get it at some point. That's right. Now, there's I was reading a, either on a, your web. There's a, I'm sorry. There's a neat point right there. As I'm going to talk to some people this afternoon. How are you engaging with AI, artificial intelligence? I've been getting on chat GPT and using it to develop a lot of emails. And, and in fact, the talk I'm going to give this afternoon, I helped draft it out. I still spent a couple hours afterwards, and but it gave me the structure to, to work through. <clears throat> I used on a lead magnet. I kind of threw it through different questions, different ways and got different ideas. And then I pulled it together, what made sense, but it gets you started. So how are you leveraging AI? How are you growing in different ways? Yeah. Go ahead. You're going to ask a question. Uh, yeah. It's okay. um, I think I was reading on your website or I got it from somewhere that one of the things you help people do is find them, the, find them the right career. Is that the main thing that you do? Do you help them find the career or do you help them find the job or do you help them excel in the job that they're already in or all of the above? Um, yes. <laughs> I hate to say that. Yes. All of the above. So I have had people come to me that said, you know, I'm just, I'm frustrated in the job I'm in. I enjoy the job, but there's, there's three things that I think usually go wrong when somebody wants to leave. I'm either in the wrong role right? That job that I'm doing no longer energizes me. I want something more. The leader I'm working with no longer, I don't feel like they care for me, appreciate me, whatever, but we're not getting along. I don't appreciate that style or the culture of the company. They say they're for integrity as an example, and they lie in all over the place. It's just something on the wall and, and it no longer resonates with me. <clears throat> so how do we work through those? You know, I've had one person who was working 60, 70 hours a week, came out of the military, was tired, wanted to get back to a 40, 50 hour a week job. He was traveling at three weeks a month. He says, Don, I just can't do it. So we prepped him to have a conversation with his boss. And he did. And the boss recognized it. And they worked to bring the hours back down. It took a little while, but he stayed. Had another gentleman who was doing a job negotiation. And uh, we did a strategy of what was his value by breaking down his story so he could articulate back to the CEO of this company. Because he was he was thinking he deserved 80,000. The company offered him 50,000. He said, I, I can't work for less than 70. That's what I need. So we ended up working through and got him a 72,000 uh, salary with a six month review to go up to 76 and then 80 within a year. That was the promise from the CEO. If you're doing well, we'll bump you up. So that can be the people that are, you know, job hunting or in a job, or if they've just decided, you know, because maybe they might get laid off, they might get fired. Okay, how do we start where you're at and, and move forward? And that's, that's hard because most people aren't networking in the job. Right, and, right. And therefore, you're, you're, you're trying to reach out to a network that's cold, Cold meaning they just that you, they don't know who you are anymore. It's been a while. It might be a six months, a year, twelve, two or three years. You know, I I remember when I was working on that project I was talking about in 2014. I uh, I was in Amarillo for one weekend because I spent four months up there to get the project running. I don't only came home once in four months, and that's only 500 miles away. But I just came home one time, and uh, I remember looking at LinkedIn and there was 350 connection requests. And besides the, oh my God, it just was really, I haven't been networking. I haven't been on there. I'm not keeping my 
connections warm. I may need a job. So I started doing that. And then sure enough, in 17, when I decided this was not the project for me and I didn't have a place back in San Antonio, I needed that network. But I had I had been warming it up for three years. So it makes a huge and That's difference. a good point. And, and the networking is super important. It's one of the super <laughs> important steps. Do you have any advice to people? Go ahead. No, I was going to say, but one that they always ignore. Exactly. Exactly. Especially if you're an introvert mm-hmm. and it's not natural for you to want to meet people. Mm-hmm. So how do you, uh, what do you, how do you recommend people continue to network? It is getting out of your comfort zone and working through your fear. There's different eight different types of fear. So sometimes we have to walk through what type of fear is holding people back. So uh, we, we walk through that in the interview and the discussions, <clears throat> the coaching sessions. What is holding you back? And, and, and a lot of people don't want to admit that they have a fear. So maybe it's resistance, maybe it's limited. People don't use resistance or limiting beliefs. So what does it feel like inside of you when you try to do something? I remember talking to my coach and I was trying to do cold calls. And when I went over and literally picked up the telephone to put it to my ear, I had a feeling inside of me of, I don't know what I'm going to say. That was my problem. I feel I'm going to feel like an idiot. So what we did was we created a script and I memorized it. But I, even when I talk to a group, I have a script, but I don't read the script. I don't, I don't memorize it. I use it as a guide. So now I kind of know where it's going, what I want to say. This afternoon, I've got a 20-minute talk, but I'll, I'll probably spur the moment, say some things. I'm going to ask some questions, and based upon what they say, I'm going to, I'm going to run with that. So kind of like a podcast interview, right? You kind of go with the flow a little bit. So what is, what is it the audience needs? So, but I, I have a general path where I'm going. So, uh, so that made me feel comfortable. So I got to work the same thing with the other people, but it's, it's getting them over that resistance. And part of it is the biggest thing that comes up is I, I just feel like I'm having, to, I'm asking for a question. I'm asking them for help and I don't even know them. Okay. So how can you get to know them? Always use, always ask how and what questions, get them to think and uh, go, well, if I, if I had done this earlier, okay, so you can't do it any earlier now. So what, what can you do, right? How can you start a conversation? Well, maybe I go through their LinkedIn profile and see what kind of things they're interested in. Oh, great. Let's pick somebody. What do you see, right? And you go through their experience. You go through their the groups they're interested in. You go through some of their posts. And now you have something that you can send them a note on. Really bugs me when I get, oh, 10 or 15 a day. These really general, you know, I, hey, I looked at your resume and you're awesome. You're saying that to everybody. You right, know? right. And, and lately, lately I got one and said, I'm coming to town. Which steak restaurant do you want? And I got two or three of those. I'm like, okay, that's weird enough. That's, that's somebody's teaching them to use that one. Right. So, but make it personal. Hey, I see you're from Wisconsin. I went to Wisconsin as well. I was on the football team. Did you ever go to a football game? And you start a conversation. Yeah, and just be authentic. Be authentic. And one of the positives of of our electronic lifestyle and well-connected worldwide web lifestyle is there's so much online, right? You got LinkedIn, you got Facebook. I don't know if you've heard of Alignable. That's another great networking app. And if you don't like to be online, you know, whatever your industry is, just find like-minded people in your community. Yeah. Chamber of Commerce, groups of other people, meetups, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many options out there. You just have to brainstorm and think out of the box and mm-hmm. be willing to go out of your comfort zone. Yep. Yeah. Alignable never really paid off for me. I, I was in it for a year. I committed for a year and I was making a lot of connections. I had a lot of people that I was connected with, but I couldn't get them into a conversation hmm. and they wouldn't respond. And I was like, okay, this is a lot of work for nothing. LinkedIn <laughs> seemed to be more my community that they responded back and we had good conversations and I could help people and they could help me. And so I want to also be- mention, you know, I've, I've got a banner over my shoulder, SAME, Society of American Military Engineers. And it's about finding an organization that it's a, like a military civilian intergovernmental engagement. That's what this one is. You know, it's, it's, it's contractors and government working together to improve the infrastructure utilities of the military bases across the services. And uh, it's a great, great organization. So getting involved in that early on, now I've been involved since 1986. So it's been 35 years. Is that the right number? 37 years. Um, and when I was getting out of the service, I had already been leading a bunch of organizations and I had been talking to a bunch of contractors. So I had relationships. I could call some of the CEOs or the you know, different vice presidents and say, because they had been in the military, I'd been working with them. Hey, can I sit down and talk with you? You know, sure, Don, you bet. Anything for you, man. So, so they were willing to help me out because I had helped them. Back to the Zig Ziglar quote that we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah, for so, sure. So uh, now, do you work just with military veterans exclusively, or do you also work with civilians? I predominantly have been working with military because I was running a nonprofit for the last three years working with military. But I see the same problem on the outside, on the non-military. You know, coming out of the year of COVID, there was four million people a month changing jobs. And now the survey says 70% of them regret leaving their position. Really? So if they regret it and they don't like where they're at, they're looking again. So how can we help them get back into that position? Right? And I and I focus in on the ramifications of that, right? In the military, we know there's not enough statistics on the non-military, but in the military, we know there's, they say, 22 military veterans committing suicide every day. I saw something the other day, it's not in front of me, but 114,000 is the number that have committed suicide in the last 20 years. And sometimes that number doesn't add up, right? But um, but that's their estimate, 22 a day. And some people say it's way short. It's much higher than that. So it, it's, it's hard to get a good count on it. And the number one ideation for suicide amongst that group is career transition. They've wow. never done it before. They're not used to that process. Everything we've been talking about, networking is uncomfortable. Writing a resume is uncomfortable. Doing an interview is uncomfortable. Waiting two weeks is uncomfortable. And you fall into depression, right? And you could say, you know, maybe I'm be- my family's better without me or whatnot. And uh, and that's why I'm, I wear some of these t-shirts because I'm involved with a uh, 100-mile walk this month to raise money for Stop Soldier Suicide. It's a nonprofit that has call center and resources to help and uh the VA itself, in fact, the VA has even said, we don't have enough time or money, so we need help. And they're, they're increasing the $175 million grant for this year to, to over $200 million to try to help mm-hmm. more organizations help the veterans. So I'm, I'm trying to do as much as I can to work to get that word out. Um, well, I did notice so, your T-shirt, Honor, was it Honor, Integrity, and Advocacy? Yep. I mean, that's fantastic. Is that the, the group that you were helping? 
Now, this is a different one. This is uh, this is Grunt Style, which is an organization that does T-shirts in San Antonio, but they do a lot back with the military. It's, it's a military started organization and they uh, they donate a lot of money they work with all the services and, and doing a lot of advocacy for the veteran and uh, so we've, we've been down in their office space and talked to them about a number of things but it stop soldier suicide is the organization i was talking about oh wow yeah yeah so so non-military so the non-military if there's four million people even as two million people now changing jobs every month and the same thing still happens that people aren't enjoying that has ramifications, right? You're in a job that you don't enjoy. So what that, what does that mean? I'm bored all day. I'm frustrated. I come home burnt out. I'm just tired. I, it takes a lot of energy to work in that job. All I want to do is come home and sit on the couch and drink a beer and watch TV, right? And I'm thinking the male, right? But um, women probably the same. Maybe grab a glass of wine, sit in the backyard, but, but you're disengaged from the family. You're disengaged from your relationship. You're not engaging with your friends. And uh, pretty soon you get kind of isolated and it starts into depression and pretty soon divorce and kid problems. You're not involved with your kid's life. You're not reading them, reading with reading them stories every night. From the night that my second son was born, my oldest son was two years old for probably 15 years because I had another one three years later. We read books every night, two books every night. Wow. And they were good readers when they went to kindergarten. And I see a lot that are not. Now, how old were they when you guys stopped reading together? Oh, when they started do, doing their own reading in high school and stuff. You know, yeah. but, but even through middle school, we'd sit down and read, you know, maybe it was a different book that we wanted to read. You know, not a not a kid's book, not Berenstein Bears, but it, we had advanced up and, you know, maybe it was a book about, uh, when I was in middle school, I was reading stories about Johnny Unitas, you know, and, Baltimore Colts and uh, Sammy Baugh back in the 50s, Cleveland Browns and Jim Brown, Cleveland Browns back in the 50s and my Detroit Lions. And so I was Bart Starr, my Packers. So I was, I did start reading some of those sports stories, things that engaged me. And uh, so you'd have conversations about it. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Very nice. Now, say somebody's listening to this and, and says, I have got to connect with Don. Mm -hmm. I want to achieve new heights. I'm ready to work. How are they going to find you? The best way, I'm, I'm revamping my website, but the best way is on LinkedIn, Don, middle initial L, Gleason. We can make sure we have it for the show notes, but it's a Don, middle initial L, Gleason. I'm the only guy there. There's like 65 Don Gleasons, but with the middle initial L, it sorts me out and uh, says career transition coach and uh, to send me a message. I've heard you on the uh, Infuse the Future podcast. I would love to have a conversation with you. I think, yeah. great. And I would love, I, I offer it on every podcast. You know, give me, if anybody connects me that way, you know, complimentary 30 minutes, let's just sit down and talk, figure out how I can help you. I'll connect you with some people, give you some advice. We'll review some things. You'll, you'll get value out of it for sure. And then we'll figure out how to go forward from there. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. I love what you're doing. And, uh, at the end of every episode, I have a call to action. So I'm wondering if you have a call to action for people today. Don't, and I just released it today on LinkedIn and Facebook. Uh, if you connect with me on, on uh, LinkedIn, there's a, uh, uh, a workbook or keys or essential keys to improving your career transition. Download the workbook and uh, give me some feedback. It'll, it'll stir some comments. It'll stir some questions on how we can help each other. Oh, great. And so how do they get that? They go to your LinkedIn profile? 
go to my profile, look down at my posts, and I just posted one this morning. I will get it in the feature section uh, in the next day or so. So uh, by the time this comes out, it'll be in the feature section of LinkedIn, and they can download the workbook. It'll take them to a website, and uh, they can download it. All right, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, is there any any other thing, thing you want to say before we close out the podcast? I think uh, it said achieve new heights piece, right? Your future's in front of you. Yeah, there's going to be things that are happen that, that frustrate you and, and you hit that roadblock, but it's how you react to it. So don't get depressed. Be persistent. Be resilient. Seek help. Mentors, coaches, guides, people like me who can help you through the process, get the answers, give you encouragement. I, 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 once you, uh, I, I've got the word out now through my, this Society of American Military Engineers, one of my guys said, hey, I'm working with a, a young lady in a Bible study at the church whose husband is looking for a job. Would you talk to him? You're darn tootin' I would. Let's do it. So we've been working together for about six months and He's just finished, uh, got a certification in IT as he's moving in that direction. So we figured out what the shortfall was and what he needed to do. So uh, yeah, there's always ways that we can help each other. I love it. That's great. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for being on the show and happy holidays. Happy holidays. Thank you very much for the invite. I really appreciate it. Appreciate what you're doing to infuse the future. It's such just unlimited potential if we go after it. <music>